Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I am joined by producer Corey. He is alive. We're unsure how well, but he is alive and he's here to join us today. It's well nice enough, to have Joe. Back well here, enough. Corey. Thank you. Thank it's you. It's good minute. to be back. Yeah. I've climbed out of my you know, foxhole and decided to jump into yours. The water's hey, great. Look, there's always, there's always room in this foxhole for you. Um, pause. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we are going to, as always, hit you with our best bets. But first, I got I to gotta preface this. We had some good downloads last week. We had some great guests. We had Brandon Anderson of the Action Network, and we had Kevin Schnorr of Naira Racing to talk about the ponies. Um, and, you know, it, obviously, I'm going to bust his balls when he comes back on the pod about, like, how he didn't give us the 80-to-1 horse to win. But, like, fucked up, right, guys? But, uh, you know, I, I think, like, aside from that, like, you know, we were all over epicenter epicenter ran second so hopefully if you had some like weird exotics with you know just taking the long shots in there with some box action because who doesn't love some box action um you know you just you maybe you did maybe you did well so um but with that like you guys gotta let us know like if you guys like the guests tell us you know tweet at us let us know who you want to hear from let us know if you want us to handicap or interview some people uh for different sports you know i know like some people might like to bet lacrosse like who knows um, you know, we can, we can get some different guys on here. We've had, you know, we've had Brandon, we had Kevin, we had Kenny, we had Matt. So like, we've had a lot of different people on and, uh, you know, the more feedback, feedback we get the better and, and Dom obviously as well for the NFL draft. Um, but with that, we're going to be looking at our NBA best bets for today's Wednesday NBA slate. Uh, I have a video out there for you guys that are not in New Jersey. If you're from New Jersey, you can watch it anyway. Uh, it's coming out on the Action Network, but um, it's the, the picks are geared for prize picks. So there's some more value there depending on your state. Uh, but look, the bets that I'm looking at for today's NBA slate are the Golden State Warriors minus three and a half against the Memphis Grizzlies. We are closing the series out, baby. This is going to be a 4-1 gentleman's sweep. And with that, I like Andrew Wiggins to go over five and a half rebounds. And I'm also going to sprinkle that seven plus at bet 365 at plus 140. And then looking at the Boston Celtics versus Milwaukee Bucks, we've got Big Al Horford over two and a half threes at plus 150. So these are some nice, juicy bets for you. And just to recap, uh, I have given you guys 47 plays that have uh, reached a conclusion or so to speak. They're settled. We are 27 and 20 plus 5.63 units. That's a 57% hit rate. We will take that all day. And guys, don't forget about that one future that I handed you guys. Um, I think if you guys can recall, it was... You know, back on back on April 5th, before the baseball season, this isn't even a baseball pod, but back before the baseball season started and we hit you with, you know, we hit you with that Sia Suzuki NL a rookie of the year winner at plus 500. Would you, Corey, would you like to guess what his odds are right now? Go ahead. Minus 130. He's the favorite to win rookie of the year. It's Imagine May. That. It's May. So What's that? wait, 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 while we're on the subject, let that be a reminder to all the Mets fans. It's May. <laughs> it's May. I understand you're doing very well. You're on pace to crush the league. It's May. No one's been hurt yet. It's May. Go ahead, Joe. 
That's awesome. So yeah, so we'll we'll definitely dive into MLB a little bit more, especially as the NBA starts to slow. Like I know we're gonna hit finals soon, uh, within about a month. But we will we'll touch on MLB. We'll touch on you know we'll touch on some of the other sports. And a World Cup is coming up soon. So go Team USA. Uh, but look, the big news obviously right now is the NBA playoffs, and we just got some word uh, that John Morant likely done for the playoffs. Got a little bit of the knee injury. Tried to say that Jordan Poole broke the code, broke, delete, then then John Morant broke the code, deleted a tweet. Tough look there. But, look, Morant's awesome. Uh, the injury's very unfortunate. The Grizzlies are done. The Grizzlies are cooked. We knew this. I told you the Warriors are going to come out of this. The Warriors are the team to beat. And I still think that they're the team to beat in the West. And the thing that's interesting about – Golden State. And I think, you know, we've made all that money fading Steven, 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 Steven Adams. Uh, but the thing that you noticed here was in game four, Steven Adams was a monster. He came back from health and safety protocols, played like a couple minutes in game three, then he played in game four, started and had an absolute monster double double. And part of what that's done is it's exposed the Warriors weakness to big men uh and centers and in particular and adams is like he's not the most versatile center but he's a big dude he's an excellent rebounder and he's a pretty good facilitator as well and that's something to be concerned about with the fact that they're probably playing the phoenix suns in the next round you got deandre ayton on the other side granted the suns just have this i don't understand what their deal is they just refuse to use deandre ayton appropriately um, and by appropriately, I mean, just give him the fucking ball. Um, and look, that's a problem for Golden State. And it's part of why I don't necessarily like them to win the title, because I think that the team that's coming out of the East is going to either be the Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics. And I think that you could actually bet on uh, this, is a, this is not my idea. I cannot claim it. But Brandon spoke about this and kind of mentioned how what he what he's planning on doing anyway is if you bet on both the Celtics and the Bucks at simultaneously to win the title the Celtics are plus 410 the Bucks are plus 750 I didn't line shop that but that's on FanDuel right now you're basically getting a consensus or like a combined odds of around plus 200 to win the title as long as one of those teams win I think it's a genius idea and I like I really like the play because I would have them favored or at least I would expect them to beat both the Suns and the Warriors and I think the thing is here is if the Celtics play the Suns. I think it's going to be pretty even uh, in terms of what the odds are. I think we might see like a very even finals matchup. And if we see the Bucks play the Suns, the Bucks are going to be dogs, but they're going to get hit with a lot, a lot, a lot of public money because they just beat them last year. So you're not going to get the best number in that matchup. I don't, I don't think you're going to see a plus 200 number. So I think that both of these teams beat Miami and Philadelphia in the next round, regardless of who they play. Uh, I think that Miami is fraudulent. I think that the Philadelphia 76ers are, I, I would say that they're better than Miami, but um, 
I, I don't really like either's chances against the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, as good as Joel Embiid has been, he's still got that injury. He literally has a broken face. I don't love their situation here. And we've seen, you know, it's it's good that Doc has started to play a little bit of Paul Reed, but just the fact that he ever put DeAndre Jordan on a, on the floor in a playoff game with meaningful minutes, questionable for him in a playoff series. So I don't like them. I, I think that, and I think that Boston or Milwaukee can realistically win the title here. If it's any other team, if Mil, if Miami comes out of it, if Philadelphia comes out of it, I am all over the Suns or the Warriors. I'm all over it. Granted, like Embiid is going to absolutely destroy Golden State just because of his sheer size and like presence. But it might just be one of those things like, okay, like go ahead, drop 40. What What's Danny Green going to do to us? Probably nothing. Probably missed a lot of shots because uh, he already had his career game and he used it against Miami. So that's kind of where we are in the playoff picture here. And I think one of the things to think about when you're looking at these series is with the fact that Golden State's going to realistically advance in at least five. If if they don't win in five, they're going to win in six. Uh, they'll they'll take it home in you know in the Bay Area at the Chase Center or Chase Arena, whatever you, whatever their home place the home stadium is called. That's not Oracle anymore. And I think it's really concerning that the Phoenix Suns they came in as these overwhelming favorites, and they're like struggling to get through the New Orleans Pelicans, regardless of the injuries. And then now they're struggling once again to get through the Dallas Mavericks. The series is tied 2-2. We know the series is going six games, at least, at least. And I don't think it's crazy to think that the Mavericks can pull off another game. They're shooting the three ball so well and, and fairly often, too. And the thing is, like, it's not, it's not like out of pocket. They're not shooting it at a rate that's like, oh, like, this is, this is absolutely insane. Like, they're shooting, like almost half of their shots from three point range. Like I get like why that's, that kind of sounds crazy, but they're making them, they're shooting almost 40% from three. So it it's reasonable that they're doing this and they're, they're creating a math problem. And it's something we always talk about like Asians, nerds, like I'm the both. So I can talk about this. Yeah. Let's, let's say uh, you talk about that. I did not say that. Yeah, no, Corey's not Asian. Um, well, I mean, not enough to get away with it. Not that we know of. <laughs> hey, I've seen pictures of my great grandfather. You'd be surprised. True. Uh, your eyes are your eyes are similar to mine. We're gonna have to get some. We're gonna have to get yeah. some baby picked up on the pod. I'm too you afraid know, to we'll twenty three Instagram. Me. Maybe we'll use our Instagram for maybe. once. That'll be something. Just like co-authored by me and Corey, and it's just us with you know our widescreen vision. Um, <laughs> that would be a wild way to frame all of the posts. Yeah, no, we just have the black bars on top and bottom. So it's just, it's perfect. It's it's exactly like why. Did you guys ever notice that? Like, wasn't that weird? Like back in the day, this is such an aside. But wasn't that I know so exactly weird? exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> like, you know, it's like you had the, you had the TVs and the TVs were square. But like, if you wanted to capture the full image, you had to watch it in widescreen, and then it would be like you were in the movies, yeah, or that, or in the movies, yeah, like you were in the movies. No, that's what that's the experience they're trying to mimic. It was so stupid. I had Rush Hour two on DVD and widescreen, and I could barely see it. 
<laughs> it would take your like 32 inch TV to like 15 inches. And you're like, man, this is fucking ridiculous. And then you would try to zoom in and it would cut off all the sides. And I was like, there's no way that this is what is being shown on my TV. Like when I watch this normally, but there's no way to compare. Cause you probably only had like one legitimate TV in your household. And it was like 8,000 tons and very and front heavy. These, these were the growing pains to us getting OLED TVs. Now we're here. Yeah. We've made it. Yeah. Okay, I remember. Long way. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched the game in HD, it was a Yankees game. They played the Royals and uh, I think it was a plasma TV. And that thing, whew, it's like you could see the blades of grass. It was it was something else. I was like, man, it's good. Like, I, I think that that's actually one of the things that's bad about sports. If your team is bad, you really get to see them lose now. Like, you get to, like, see them. You're like, man, like, you're sweating. You guys stink. Like, like damn. Like, you, like, this is an effort. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the, on on that note, you know, in terms of like field of vision, like the the Dallas Mavericks have this field of vision, and it's widescreen, but it's narrowed in on the three point shot, and they're doing a great job of hitting it. But if you really look at this a little bit further, you know, Phoenix, they they kind of want. I feel like they, you know, like they don't, they're just they're gonna allow them to do this. Like they're shooting forty one percent in this series. And they're taking 44.6% of their shots from three-point range. So it's it's really like a preposterous amount of shots there. But it's giving them the ability to, you know, to stay in these games. Because even if they're not executing properly, if you flip this on its side, when you look at the games against, like, obviously from the Suns' perspective, they just don't shoot threes. They're only taking 31.5% of their shots from three-point range. And even though they're hitting 43.3% of them, there's just not enough of them. So they're smashing at the rim. They're crushing from mid-range like they normally do. And their their percentages are excellent from three-point range, but they just aren't taking them. And that's problematic for a multitude of reasons, but mainly it's the fact that the Suns, as good as they are, you're playing – elite competition at this point you're playing the best of the best that's like whatever's left you know and you have to execute based on their own based on phoenix's offensive scheme they have to execute at an absolutely elite level to make that work they're taking they take a shitload that's that's an actual term that's a unit of measurement they take a shitload of two-point shots and in order to create, like, like we can do math. Like, all right, I think everybody can do this type of math, right? If you take 10 two-point shots, the most points you could possibly score is 20. If you take 10 three-point shots, the most points you could possibly score is 30. So it's created this issue for them, really, where they have to be perfect to compare to the Mavericks. So... Like, and that's tough because they don't utilize the mismatches properly. Like as good of a coach as Monty Williams is, he's going to win coach of the year or one coach of the year, rather. They're not utilizing DeAndre and they're not using their one big advantage. And they're letting him, you know, basically like squalor by their wayside with his 17 and a half points per game prop there. Uh, he should be hitting that every game. They should be peppering him on the interior force Dallas to change because it's not like they're 
going from taking three pointers to going taking two pointers. Uh, they're going from taking, you know, taking what Dallas is giving them, which is good shots at the rim to, you know, to doing this instead. So I, I think that Phoenix, if they don't adapt, this is going to be a problem in this series. The series is going to go longer than it needs to. Uh, we're recording prior to game five. So it's very possible that they go up three, two, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go down three to two. And then you're, you're really in the hot seat then because the series is going back to Dallas in game six. Like I would not be shocked to see the series go seven games. Um, and I think that that's something to really, really keep in mind, especially in terms of their, you know, how tired they might be and, you know, their conditioning going into game seven or going into game one of the next series for either team. And that's a point that I'm going to raise here because now that we're getting to these series that really go seven games, there's this one trend and I'll pull the exact numbers uh, for next time. It just kind of came to my mind. But when these teams, they play seven games, when you play that seventh game and you go against a team that did not go seven games, you're almost a lock to lose that game one. You, I think it's like 60 or 70% that the team with more, the rest advantage that didn't play the game seven wins game one of the next series. So keep that in mind when you're betting this because – a lot of it has to do with, you know, you're tired, you're worn out. You just went through a war. Game sevens are like a battle. They're a grind. And you have to go play this team who's been rested. They're a little bit probably more prepared for you. Um, they're not thinking about what the last team did anymore. Like they've had a little bit more time to reset. And if you want to bet on them in that series, maybe do what we did last year when we said Milwaukee Bucks to lose game one, but win the series. Or a bet like that, or wait if if that's not how you want to play it. Because if you wait and they win game one, then the certainty is there, uh, you know, to back up your bet, even though you might lose some line value or so to speak. But you got the win, or you wait, and if they lost, maybe you maybe you gave up a little bit, but you saw something. You're like, ooh, like I'm right. Like I know this is right. This is the right angle. Whereas if you do what I was saying with the game one series parlay, somebody gets hurt, you know. Uh, you you could be out of your money right then and there. But it's something to keep an eye on, especially in these series. So I really think that looking at the picture here, the Bucks and the Celtics are the two most well-rounded teams in the playoffs. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that Giannis is an absolute freak. And then the Celtics, their defense is so, so legit that they can really stop anybody. They can slow down anyone. They have kept the... They have kept the Milwaukee Bucks under 110 points every single game in the series. That's an elite offense they're holding like that. And, and that's over an entire series. They're, they're doing that on a repeated basis. So I think that you really have to look strongly at the Celtics and the Bucks to win the title and maybe just settle on the Warriors to come out of the West. So that's kind of the way I would be looking at it. That's kind of the angle that I would be looking at it. Uh, And one other point here is you have to think about the fact that these teams are going to make adjustments. And one of the things that the Warriors did, my buddy, we had him on before, Matt Issa, he wrote this great article about how the Warriors were, they actually flipped the script on the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Warriors are taking fewer three-point attempts this series than the Memphis Grizzlies. When did you ever think you were going to hear that? And the, and they're actually leading in points in the paint. A lot of this has to do with the fact that the, the Grizzlies decided they were like, you can't beat us from three. 
And then they just opened up the middle. And that's why Steven Adams became so playable when he came back, because it was like, wow, like we kind of need this guy here because we're just giving up this ultra high percentage shot. Like it's not like shots at the rim are bad. Like those are shots that you want. So you saw the Warriors adjust and these teams that are able to be fluid and have different guys that can play different roles. Those are the teams that you want to bet on. So with the Warriors, they lack a big, they, they seriously lack like a, like a legitimate big and interior presence. Like just good as Draymond is, he's not fucking seven feet, 250. You know, he's an athletic guy who can play multiple positions and defend every position while facilitating. Uh, if you look at the Suns, Aiton is excellent, but they don't use him. They don't use that advantage. And then if you look at, you know, at the Sixers, they're obviously tied to certain defensive schemes because of Joel Embiid. And then the Miami Heat, they're pretty flexible too. But I question whether they have that superstar that can take them to the next level. And then obviously the Mavericks, you have Luka, but their whole team is like a little wonky. Like they just really are leaning in on the three ball. So then if you look at the Celtics and the Bucks. Uh, number one, Chris Middleton should be back by the conference finals or sometime in there. Uh, definitely will be back by the finals, at least based on the time frames that they were giving. So you're going to have those three guys with Drew, Giannis, Chris Middleton. And then you have different flexibility with, between Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Pat Connington, Grayson Allen. Like you've seen how Pat Connington is a better fit in this series than Grayson Allen, even though they play almost the exact same role. And it just has to do with the physicality that Boston can bring. And that's something from Boston's perspective. You have Tatum, you have Brown, but then you have different guys that kind of fill in the roles. Like you have Marcus Smart, you have Al Horford, who's taking a big step up. You have Grant Williams, you have Robert Williams, who's, you know, dealing with that meniscus injury and he's coming back. So his minutes are limited, but he provides different flexibility. And those are things that you're really looking for over the next two rounds. You're saying who can match up well and exploit a weakness in another team. And the two teams that I think are most capable of doing that are the Bucs and the Celtics. And that's why I'm going to be backing them to win the NBA title. Uh, with that, those are my, that's, that's kind of the way that I'm looking at it. Obviously, you know, you can check out my plays in the app. You know, you see me tweeting on the Twitter machine, but that, that's, that's kind of the picture that I'm thinking. And I, and I like the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics to come out of the East and I like them to win the title still. And I'm probably going to be doing taking that angle that uh, that Brandon had. And also, go Jokic. MVP. We love it. Uh, but with that, Producer Corey, how you doing? I'm living, Joe. I'm living. Do you have any recommendations for everybody besides living and breathing? And Allegra. Well, yeah. Back to the allergies. <clears throat> uh, we're no longer suffering from post-nasal drip it's all about the eyes now oh. so i'm gonna recommend pat a day eye drops not cheap but very useful um every morning i'm now waking up like i got punched in the face in both eyes put one drop of those bad boys in a day and i'm clear to go uh usually you know flares up again at nighttime but you know the pollen's starting to recede so this might be late news but prepare here. yourself next year pat a day eye drops over the counter strong as shit live your life and be able to see straight. We love that. Absolutely love it. Um, so with that, does they, do they work for widescreen or? Uh, it does not increase your field division, just clears it up. Okay. All right. We'll take it. We'll take it. It's just HD, HD vision there. Um, <laughs> for my recommendation, I am going to be recommending 
Have you ever had the low, like the carb counter tortillas? They're, they're bigger in size. They're not like the huge burrito size, but you know, you get like a pretty copious amount of taco space. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. It's great. I think you get a good amount of taco space and it's only 110 calories. So I just got, I just grabbed the batch. I'm going to be making some tacos tonight. Uh, taco Tuesday, insert that like the Migos song or whatever, somewhere near the, the LeBron audio. Um, it's, it's just a great time. So I will let you know like how those went, but I I'd imagine it went well. Um, so I, I scooped that up and I also scooped up some vegan vodka sauce. So I've had it before would recommend it's actually pretty good. I'd never had vodka sauce before. Um, you would think that it would have been a bigger part of my life, especially in law school, but I don't know, like I just couldn't figure out who invented it. And it, it was kind of a tough day because like I really wanted to credit the creator. Yeah, I don't need that. anything. I don't know the source of either. So yeah, like, I if I don't know the that. source, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I don't blame you. But unless it was Halloween candy, then I was all in. Didn't matter where it came from. Um, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to get that vodka sauce. You got to get those eye drops. So that way you have a clear line of vision. So you can see and visualize all of those green checks. Let's cash that. Okay, now 